Welcome to the Lynn Sanity Podcast with Caleb Lynn, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hola, and welcome to another version of the Lynn Sanity Podcast part of the running hook podcast network and once again we have a little uh wednesday wednesday podcast but it's actually not in the afternoon it's not in the afternoon shockingly we have to do it in the evening uh, just because of the schedules and i decided to bring on some guests i feel like you know you, you probably listen to me and you're probably thinking man this stupid idiot for three weeks has just been constantly getting on my nerves let's bring in some guests and potentially have a little bit more humor and fun with this and so with that being said i'm inviting devin voss as well voss a, a host of the uh, triple option podcast with ryan gregory uh, that talks college football voss you've been on many linsanities but i do not believe you've been on the Second part Wednesday afternoon, Lynn Sandy. So Voss, welcome on to the uh, the preview Lynn Sandy podcast. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this is the first time being on a preview, so I'm excited to yeah. uh, get this thing going. Meanwhile, Hughes unfortunately had to deal with the fact that I roasted the NFC East in the uh, in the preview insanity that I was wild with him earlier. But somehow, some way, I was able to convince him to do this again. Uh, he was able to get out of Alex's detention, and he's talking football once again. So, Hughes, welcome into the Linsanity Podcast once again. Caleb, I think the last time we talked, if if what do you think the odds were that any NFC East team was going to go on a three game win streak like the Giants are on right now? What, what do you think the odds? <laughs> I I will say that those odds were very very small, and I'll tell you right now, I would not have betted again. I would I would not have betted that line that Joe Judge could do that because I think Joe Judge is a you know, I thought Joe Judge was miserable, but apparently he's doing something right. So I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. But the NFC East is confusing and chaotic. But I'm not here to talk about that, right? We're here to talk about an actual football game. Shockingly, that was played because of you know COVID and delay and and yada 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 and teams just not able to get on the same page with that. Uh, but you know, let's just get into it because the Pittsburgh Steelers came out and beat the Baltimore Ravens 19 to 14 and. I'll tell you, you know, we can talk about the Steelers being 11 and 0, right? But I think a lot of people expected the Steelers to win this game, Voss. But I want you to start first here. When I think of this loss for the Ravens, I kind of think it's like doomsday. I'm afraid that the Ravens may not even make the playoffs. And I think that this is becoming more of a real thing. And I'll tell you, I think there should be panic all over that organization, top to bottom. Do you agree with me, Voss? Absolutely. But the one thing that is working in their favor is their remaining schedule by far. I mean, you got one game against the Browns. That's pretty much legitimate. The others are all definitely winnable. Not to say that they will win, but they definitely do have a favorable end of season schedule. But as far as making the playoffs, yeah, this is uh, definitely time to sound the alarm. Well, and, and Hughes, you know, for, for, you know, we talked a little bit about different teams and how they're looking when we were on and, and did ours. But I think with, with the Ravens here, like part of me, when I looked at this AFC playoff picture, Hughes, I said to myself, I think it's going to be really tricky for any of these seven teams to not make the playoffs. I think it's tricky for me to see the Ravens make it over these other teams. The only thing, the only team I could think of would be Miami if Miami just struggles, if their inexperience gets to them. 
but there's no way that I'm taking the Ravens over the Browns. There's no way. There's no way I'm taking the Ravens over the Colts or the Titans. So, I mean, I guess my question to you, Hughes, is do you think, do you think that they are going to make it? Do you think they will find a way to make it despite the fact that it feels like they're losing these mega important games? See, the thing for me is I've never really been – like I can't say I haven't been a Ravens believer – but I haven't been one of these people that I mean, if you look at if you looked at the Super Bowl odds before the season started, I believe the Ravens had the best or the the worst odds. I, I guess it'd be the best odds. Yeah. They they had the best odds at winning the Super Bowl. And that to me that to me was just ludicrous because like listen, I love Lamar Jackson. I don't blame their offensive issues on him, but he is yet to win a playoff game. Yeah. And my biggest problem with the Ravens has been that their offense is built to run and to run only. And that, that is just going to be stopped. I mean, so Mark Andrews is their, that's their go-to guy. You have like a slow, a slow tight end that Mm -hmm. is in the middle of the field all the time. He's going to take shots. Like we saw today, he wasn't playing because he got COVID Sure. And when he's out, you got a Hollywood Brown. Who's a good receiver? Is he a number right. one? No. I mean, their their offense is just way too reliant on running and yeah. mostly running out of Lamar Jackson. And I mean, we've just we've seen it. Like Cam Newton, yeah. it worked one year for him. That right. was like a per- that was like a perfect year. And maybe Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have that kind of year. Right. But it's just not it's just not reliable. And we've we've seen this year they've just struggled to put up points a lot. And if they don't get up early and they can't just run the ball uh the rest of the game and you know have their defense uh make a lot of stops, it's just tough for them to win games. And yeah, you know, I don't love Cleveland's offense either, but at least they have two sure. awesome running backs that right you can give the ball to and they have some sort of a vertical passing game. It's not great. The receiving core is not great there either, but it's it's working better than it is in Baltimore right now for sure. Oh, and I'll tell you, shout out Gus Edwards, boss. Shout out Gus Edwards for getting out of here, late. But 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 in all seriousness, the, uh, the the Ravens came into this game with all these guys, you know, lost with COVID and and you know, just not not being able to play and the unfortunate circumstances of that. But I'll tell you. <laughs> I sit there and I watch this game, you guys, and I said to myself, I think the Steelers could be even better in the playoffs. I think they could be even better. I'm of the belief that this is a team that may only lose one or two games uh, this season. Heck, you could make the argument they're undefeated, and, and I will not sit there and, and think that that's crazy. And so, Hughes, I'll let you go here first. I mean, with, with the Steelers, I mean, they are 11 to know that doesn't feel like anybody's going to beat them. So I guess let me ask you this. As you, you know, just looking at what they, what they have to, you know, to battle through, right? They're playing Washington. I mean, I think we would agree that that's a win. Uh, Buffalo will be a tricky one, maybe, maybe. Cincinnati, you know, Colts and, and Browns. But again, I mean, the worst they will probably do is three losses, and and I and that's that's remarkable because they have just dominated in, in this entire season. 
despite Devin Bush being out and and really the inconsistency of some receivers because of guys just being hurt like Deontay Johnson and then, you know, just everything that comes with the COVID football season. What do you see out of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you think they are the number one contender in the AFC or are you still of the belief that you can't deny Patrick Mahomes and his greatness? You know, I've been in a big believer in Pittsburgh really even before the season started. I I thought Big Ben was kind of getting underrated. I mean, I, I understand how it works with athletes. You know, you you get up in age and you're hurt for a yeah. year right. and people kind of start to think – they just forget about you. That's how it is. And, you know, last year with, with so many young quarterbacks really sprouting up, a lot of these old guys just kind of get forgotten about. I understand that. But you look at this this offense coming in. I mean, that receiving core is dynamic. And as you mentioned, like Deontay Johnson has been insane. And Chase Claypool has been awesome. Like the fact that Juju is probably their third best receiver at this point, I think says a yeah. lot about the talent they have there. Um, and they have a they have a pretty nice little running back group too. They don't they don't need James Conner to win. Like, you know, we saw today right. he was out. They don't obviously he's their best running back, but they don't need him. They don't really rely on him a ton. But when it you know, when they need to run the ball, they they give it to him, they're fine. Yep. Um what I love about them most is their defense. I mean, that defense is just full of studs. I mean, it, yeah. it's like every every single game I watch them, Minka Fitzpatrick is doing something incredible, you know? Like yeah. that dude is just a turnover machine. Ever since they traded for him last year, he he has proved to be well worth that trade for them. So, with that being said, though, I still kind of view the Chiefs as a sleeping giant almost. I mean, they only have one loss, but, like, no one is talking about them, it feels like. And, and you yeah. know, yeah, they've, they've set a high bar for themselves winning the Super Bowl. Everyone expects sure. you to be good. But, I mean, they really – I thought about this recently. Every single team that, that wins a Super Bowl loses someone important in free agency. They – Someone always wants to get money. They're like, okay, I got my Super Bowl. I'm going to go get paid. They pretty much brought everyone back. And that that's rare for an NFL team to just run it back like that. You know, we've yeah. seen the really the only dynasty we've seen in the past 20 years is New England. And that's just a different culture than most other teams. Most other teams are going to have guys leave. They're not going to be able to replace those guys. And so they don't get back to that Super Bowl level. This Kansas City team really hasn't lost anything, and I still think they're super scary. So, you know, I'd probably give Kansas City a small edge right now, but I'm definitely not down Pittsburgh at all either. Hey, Hughes, would you rather have Minka Fitzpatrick or Bobby McCain as your safety? Because that's what Miami chose to do. But but it all but it also in all seriousness, I I do agree with you on on the on the Steelers, and I do think that their defense is. Is just ridiculous. Uh, all levels, right? They're going to get it to the D line. They're going to get it in the second level, and they're going to get it in the third where they're secondary because they're just high flying. And so, Voss, I, I want to ask you the exact same question: What are your feelings of the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward? And do you see them as a number one, you know, the number one contender in the AFC, or are you leaning towards the Chiefs just because you don't want to doubt Mahomes? I legitimately agree with pretty much everything Dylan just said. Um, I think that I'm I'm more on the boat 
that the Chiefs are still the team to beat in this uh, conference. Um, but I I look at the Steelers. They're eleven and zero. They've yeah. looked they've looked great. Sure. But something just has not convinced me yet. I know that it sounds ridiculous, but just these – it's close games. They've closed close games. That's always great. Sure. But they have some close scores with teams that they shouldn't be close to. And I'm not saying that as a bash because wins are wins. Uh, at the end of the day, this team has all the talent in the world to get that win. And sure, um, I think I think both sides. I mean, like, I would I be shocked if the Steelers go to the Super Super Bowl? Absolutely not. This team is talented as heck. Right. Uh, I, I'm just saying, just from an observation standpoint, uh, there's there's just something about them that just hasn't 100 convinced me yet. I get that, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. No, yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, because I, you know, I, it was weird because I felt that way about the Chiefs for the last couple of weeks. And then I just saw the way they competed. And I saw the way really, um, in general, for me, it was it was last week, right, when I was just able to see what they were able to do against Tampa that fully convinced me that they are what everybody talks them up as. And I get what you're saying with the Steelers. I mean, they are in some close games. I mean, if you look at some scores, I mean, they have no business, right? I mean, if you think of 11 and 0, are you thinking that an 11 and 0 team would lose, would only beat the Broncos by five points, would only beat the Texans by seven points at home? I mean, that's, that's a good point, boss. I mean, you're just expecting more dominance and, you know, I think, honestly, I think they may have some opportunities to do that. You know, when you face the Bengals and Washington at home, they may be able to put up that dominating performance. But, right. I mean, I think you're going to see Pittsburgh get their groove going. The other thing that I really like about them is I just think that their style of play can be – it's it's not going to change regardless if it's cold outside or if it's warm outside because they got an ability to run the ball and smash Matthew with Connor and they have this trifecta of wide receivers that they can throw the ball to. So they're going to be comfortable in any environment you play them in. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's inside, outside. I don't, it doesn't matter. They're going to, they're going to figure it out. And the defense for me just keeps sticking out because I think that is what's carrying this team. As much as everybody wants to talk about the trio of the wide receivers and, been playing you know at a high level and I do think that's very true I think the defense is proving why they are the top defense in the league they're continuing to do that not game in and game out and it's going to be fascinating to see kind of how they look at the playoffs and really just how they attack it you know and and uh, because all they've done this season so far is pretty much win and win and win so with that said, uh, after our, our quick little recaps, you know, we always want to do a preview because after all, this is a preview Linsanity. And so there's a couple games that stick out to me. But first, I have to get into the local team, uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. And boss, I want to start with you on this because uh, rumor has it that you were not so high on the Indianapolis Colts play last week. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's many in Indianapolis that were very high on it. 
Uh, let's be honest here. Uh, I know, I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> you you were you were on them though. You were on them. You I were, were I was on them, and you were and, you were on them. And here's why. And I'll say exactly what I uh, I told Caleb uh, that that same day our uh, game day. He told me this off the record yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say this exactly right. So the Colts. It's so frustrating because they consistently put themselves in a hole going into halftime. And then they ask their 38 year old quarterback with a dying arm to will their way out of the game and come to a freaking comeback win. And I I just don't get it because the defense it's, it's even the defense. The defense is so good in the second half. Like they literally just don't allow points in the second half. But the first half, it's just completely different. I I don't get it. It's frustrating. I just, I don't know. I mean, this last game, and, you know, this last game, they were missing very important defensive pieces. Sure. But 45 points. Right. That's a lot of points. I mean, uh, uh, it was was rough to watch. I, I could not finish watching that game. That's fair. That's fair. Hughes, I know you're on the opposite side of this. You're a Colts fan. You're always looking for the optimistic, uh, you know, the positivity here. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to please turn off your homer cap. And uh, what what's your perspective on the, uh, the Colts right now? Because it did not seem like they played all that well last week. I mean, they walked into last week at a major disadvantage. Like the their entire defensive middle was gutted. I mean, so not only do you have DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry, who, by the way, Danico Autry is having an incredible season. Like, that guy was – I thought he was pretty good last year. I thought they needed to come into this year and upgrade the pass rush because I was like, if Danico Autry is your best pass rusher, you probably have a problem. But that guy this year has been insanely good. Like, a lot of these interior guys don't get the shine they deserve, but, like, if you really if you really focus in on him when he's in there, he is getting to the quarterback a lot. And I mean, he's a name that I don't think a lot of players or people around the league know. So that was a big uh, miss last week. And, and obviously, Buckner being out was huge. Like Buckner has been a monster in there too. And Okariki, Bobby Okariki is the, you know that linebacker position. He's only in sure. his second year. Sure. But he got a lot of experience last year when Leonard was out. He's, you know, he's had to play an important role in that defense. And I mean, having those three guys out going up against Derrick Henry, like, you know, it's going to be a bad day. I mean, the Colts have drafted well under Ballard, so they have good depth. But you're just asking these guys to do too much when you have like literally the largest running back in NFL history plowing you down as a backup. It's just not going to – it's not going to work out. And, you know, as far as the offensive side of the ball, when you have – when you need Phillip Rivers to come back, like Devin said, it's not going to be good. Like, the Colts are much better when they're relying on that run game. And you have Phil making those nice intermediate throws. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe a 25-yard ball here and there. Yeah. And they've won a lot of games like that this year. Sure. But when you're getting into a shootout with an offense like Tennessee and, you know, say what you want about Tannehill, but like that dude really fits that system well. Yeah, he does. And A.J. Brown and Corey Davis have been an awesome duo this year. Yeah. So 
And, and shout out to Corey Davis, who like started off his career very slow. Yeah, he did. People thought he was going to be a bust. He's been very good this year. He's I still agree. not a he's not a number one receiver, but he's a perfect complement to AJ Brown. And AJ Brown is a monster in his own right. So, yeah, I mean they they just they were fighting an uphill battle last week, and you know it's no excuse in the NFL. Everyone has issues, but um, you know it, it was it was tough. And and again, they they have to rely on their defense and their run game. And when the defense is giving up points like that, it's it's going to be tough to compete. That's fair. No, I I think that's a very fair point. I just think. The only pushback I would give is, I mean, three guys off your defense and the Col- the Titans put up 45 points. I mean, I understand it if it was like in the 30s, right? But they, they lit them up for 40. I mean, they lit them up for 40 plus. I just I, – I understand that those guys make a huge difference, but the whole idea of 45 points being given up by a defense and really a team that ultimately has just said, you know, we have we think we have the best defense in the league. We think we have a top three defense. Top three defenses just don't give up women points. And I think for the Colts, like, I just would have expected a little bit more there. But I, I do – because here's the thing. Here's, I mean, you knew pretty early, like, Buckner wasn't going to be there. Nico wasn't going to be there. Not to mention, Hughes, that a couple days before the game, they they signed Grover Stewart to a $12, $10 million deal. And uh, – I didn't. I didn't see him attending a football game uh, last Sunday. I didn't see that. I checked my attendance list. I checked my attendance list. I just didn't see him show up in a stat sheet like I, I think a ten million guy, you know, is supposed to be able to do for me. But, but hey, but that's just me. And and the thing with the Colts is it, it's just I, I I think Foss is exactly right on this point. When they are down, it is tricky to rely on Rivers. It is tricky to rely on Michael Pittman being your ultimate go-to guy when you are down because they're not getting the ball to T.Y. Hilton. This is a team that needs to have a lead or like three or four points away of deficits so that they can do what you said, Hughes, intermediate. Uh, Get Hines involved. Hines has been probably, you could argue, he's been the best skill player on the Colts this season. You could make a legitimate case that without him, this offense is just, is already, is gets even worse. And I mean, it just seems as if the Colts are heavily relying on their defense and I don't like that for them moving forward. I think you have to be able to get that offense somewhat going. Um, And I don't think it's a coaching thing. I just think you put yourself in bed with the 38 year old quarterback. And at the end of the day, is that enough to propel you by some of these teams that you're going to need to beat? And I, I don't know that answer. I think that's something that are, you know, that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And, and obviously when we look at this game, right, they're, they're going to come in here looking to get a W. No question about it. They're going to look to play Houston. It's the first time they've seen them all year. No Will Fuller, no Bradley Roby. So, I mean, I think the Colts are probably going to, well, they should look to attack in the air. They should. Their best corner isn't there. But, can Philip Rivers even take advantage of that boss? Is that even something that he can do? Can he take advantage of throwing the ball in the air and throwing for deep plays? I don't think he can. I don't think it really matters because they're just such an intermediate run the ball for four or five yard type of team. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Um, but I, I'm a little worried uh, for the Colts with this game. 
the, the wow. Texans have actually looked pretty solid uh, since firing Bob. Who would have guessed, right? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Um, I'm not so much. I'm not so much worried um, about the offense getting getting uh, kickstarted, but. Sure. Uh, this Texans offense is still firing well. I mean, I know Will Fuller played a, a good, substantial part in that. Sure. But in the previous weeks before, you know, his explosion last week, he was yep. still having, you know, like a little subpar performances. I would know because he's on my fantasy team. Regardless, um, <laughs> regardless, uh, this is still a high-scoring team. And if you find yourself again in a in a battle where you're going to have to be uh, basically doing a shootout, it's it's tough for Phil to continue to to get points on the board. And uh, yeah. You know, another thing that they're going to probably focus on is attacking the um, the side without Costanzo, and yeah. that's yeah. that's definitely a concern going into this game. So, sure. uh, that's not to say the Colts will not win this game. Uh, I do think that they're going to come in, uh, after, especially after that disappointing loss last week, with a fire um, under them. But I'm just saying there should be a fair caution with this Texans team right now, they're rolling pretty hot. Uh, the offense is hot. Um, and yeah. they're definitely a dangerous team to play. Yeah. It, it's, that's going to be the question. I think, especially for this week, Hughes is, you know, if Costanza was out, which it looks like he will be, it looks like it's not, uh, you know, and even then, um, you know, even if Costanza can't give you a full game, uh, it's still, you know, if it's limited, you're still going to see LaRaven Clark. You're still going to see Chaz Green use. And if it's a limited situation and I mean, we know how that goes, you know, how that goes, you know, they're, they're going to get demolished and you know, the Texans are going to do everything they can to blitz that side. Merciless Watt. They're going to look that field days. And so my question to you, Hughes is with the absence of Fuller and the absence of David Johnson as well, who's still on IR, I would push back on bosses thinking of their offense because I'm worried that the personnel isn't there. I mean, for hey, crying Lin, out loud, I'm, I'm a Kiki Kuti, Kiki Kuti boss. Is that who you're relying on? No, Lin, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, I what? will say David Johnson is eligible to return this weekend. Well, that's good. That's good yeah, I was just, because I was just they're going to need that. Yeah. They're going to need that. Uh, but I mean, if you have David Johnson, you have Brandon cooks. I mean, is that, is that enough? Is it can that get you points against the Indianapolis Colts defense use? See, I was gonna say I'm I'm looking through these 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 last few games here, and they better pray that David Johnson's back because you know who sucks? Duke Johnson. <laughs> Duke Johnson is not good at football, okay? Like a few weeks ago I played him in in fantasy. I'm like, okay, this like this makes sense. They're playing the Browns, it's gonna be windy. They're going to give Duke Johnson the ball a ton. He's going to have a little revenge game against the Browns. It's going to be great. That dude did nothing. Like they give him, they give him the ball on the ground. He, you know, he has 10 rushes for 15 yards against the Patriots. Come on. And I think last week against the Lions, he had like 30 yards rushing. And I mean, in, in Cleveland, he was like, he was more of a receiver than anything. And he hasn't really gotten a ton of usage there either. And it's like, you look at the receiving core now. So Randall Cobb's on IR. Obviously, Will Fuller's out. 
Kenny Stills just gets cut. I don't know what that's about. I mean, he was a yeah. part of a trade that they give up a first-round pick, and obviously it wasn't about him. But, like, he was a part of that trade. They just cut him. Probably could have gotten something for him on the trade deadline a few weeks ago, but I don't know. Sure. So now you're down to Brandon Cooks, who is a good receiver. You know, he's he's been around the league at this point. He's, he's worked in a lot of different offenses. But, man, like, Brandon Cooks and that's it. I mean, like you said – it's like Kiki QT's like your next guy. Right. I mean, that's that's bad. So and, and I love Deshaun Watson and like he figures it out. I mean, he I don't think it matters who's on the field, he's gonna get someone the ball. Sure. But as far as as far as firepower, you know, he may have to run the ball a lot more. I don't know. Right. Because the Colts secondary is not incredible, but it's pretty good, especially for uh, being as young as it is. But as you mentioned, Caleb, that offensive line for the Colts is worrying me because we saw last week that Ryan Kelly was very yeah. important in that interior. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot yeah. of interior pressure. And I don't know if they've said if, if he's playing this week or not. I, but, I haven't. Yeah. But with Costanzo, I mean, I watched LaRaven uh, Clark right off the bat. And, man, he is not Anthony Costanzo. I'll just say that. I mean, he he was getting beat pretty bad, and Phil was having to throw a lot of a lot of balls into the dirt because he was getting a lot of pressure there. And you know, Lorraine Clark has mostly spent time on the right side of the line, which is right in theory the easier side to guard. So you know, it's understandable he's going to struggle with those left edge rushers. But exactly. I mean that that's definitely going to be a concern, and you know. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a little bit lower scoring than we may think because, I mean, Voss is right that Houston is a high-scoring team, and even with these injuries, I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun figures a way to put points up. But, I mean, the Colts are probably going to struggle to score unless they get some great um, great amount of yards on the ground, which they could. I mean, the run game has been pretty good this year, and as, as you talked about, Caleb, and I have talked about for a long time, Naheem yeah. Hines is the best skill player on this team, no doubt yep. in my mind. Oh, yeah. And and they've used him more. So, right. you know, right. we'll, we'll have to see the game plan, especially if there's going to be more pressure. I mean, there could be a lot of a lot of dump-offs to Hines. So, you know, it, it, it could be ugly, but I think the Colts probably uh, should pull it out. Uh, give me a, give me a score prediction real quick, boss. Just give me a, a quick one right here off the top of the bat. Uh, what do you got? I'll go twenty eight seventeen Colts. Hughes. I'll go twenty seven twenty Colts. Twenty seven twenty. Um, I'll play the low scoring game. I'll say nineteen fourteen. How about that? Nineteen fourteen. I'll play that game, and and I'll take I'll take I'll take the Colts because uh, I I don't think they're going to lose, uh, but I honestly really think that the Colts defense could come out with some legit motivation, and you know just say, look, we're not giving up forty five again. I mean, you think Darius Leonard's going to try to give up thirty plus again? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's just too many. Just, there's just players that I just am not betting against on defense. That's one of them. Uh, so I, I think they'll get it going. I think they figure that out. Um, I also really believe in in how Reich can get those guys to come in and and rally back. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So I like that game a lot for the Colts. I think this could be a big, you know, 
this is why I'm good. This is why I'm in the playoff type of game uh, for, for Colts fans out there. Now, moving forward for another game that I like, I'll tell you, I'm very intrigued with the Rams and the Cardinals because, as I mentioned to you guys before the show even started, um, that panic button in Arizona has got to be like a 911 emergency siren at this point. Um, I mean, it's got to be loud. It's got to be loud enough to where it's like on in, in everybody's heads. And so, Hughes, I want to start off with you on this uh, because, I mean, with all due respect, like I think the Cardinals have to win this game. Like I don't think they have a choice. And the thing is, like, you could make a legitimate case that the Rams have to win this game. Like, you really – you can make that case. And I I don't think that's crazy because the NFC is not – it's it's not sealed up. And I think that's something a lot of people are not looking at when you you dive into those playoff standings right now. Uh, There's teams sneaking up, right? I mean, as crazy as this sounds, underline as crazy as this sounds – I think the Minnesota Vikings have a chance to possibly steal a Sabah, depending on how they can continue with their defense and if Kirk Cousins doesn't turn the ball over. I also think the Niners, who looked very good last week, who beat the Rams, could be a team that comes in and, and shakes up some things because they're starting to get the pieces healthy. So I, w- I want to start off with, you know, with your take here on this game, Hughes. I mean, Rams, Niners, who needs it more? Who needs it more? You know, I'm going to say the Cardinals need it more simply because they are the worst team. I mean, like the the team the team that needs to win the most is usually the worst team. I mean, like the Cardinals have worried me because I mean, 17 points last week, like yeah, that was bad. I feel like their their offense has a lot of potential, but the past few weeks it has just not really showed up. And, you know, last week watching that game was really tough because, I mean, they lost on a major blunder from Isaiah Simmons. Like, they they stopped the Patriots on a third and 13, and he commits a personal uh, foul that gets the Patriots a, you know, 15 yards and a first down. Yeah. So, so this is a, you know, this is a point where you're tied up. You make a stop on defense with whatever it was, less than two minutes left. Yep, right. and you're gonna get you're gonna get your quarterback the ball back to try and drive down and get a field goal and win this game. Yep, and you know, granted, it's it's a rookie mistake. Sure, but yep these these rookie mistakes, you know, they it doesn't matter whether they're they rookie or not, they're they're mistakes. Yeah, and you know, Cam gets the ball at midfield, he makes a few plays, and they win the game. So, I mean that that's a game right there where it could be your season because. It, like I mean, like you mentioned, if if they lose yeah. this game, they're down to six and six. Yeah. The Rams have a two game advantage on them. Mm. I mean, that's tough. That's very tough. I mean, you're you're running out of games at this point, and yep, if you, you get if you get two down to the Rams, who the Rams have been have been low key pretty damn good this year. Like I totally agree. I mean, they they lose to San Francisco last week, but yep, they beat Tampa on that Monday night beat division rival in Seattle the week before that. I mean, those are two solid wins. And uh, and these two teams also play the last game of the year. So, who you know, whoever loses isn't completely out of it. You can make a game up there too. But, I mean, it, it's getting to the point where 
And as you mentioned, like with, with those three wild card spots, a team like Minnesota that makes a run, they get a little hot. Yeah. Offense is looking good. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, you got you just got to win as many games as possible. And yeah. so I think Arizona definitely needs us the most. Boss, I, what do you think here? Are you on the Arizona needs it more or do you think the Rams need it more? Absolutely, Arizona. Um, as Dylan said, time's really starting to run out. And uh, this team, which showed so much explosion in the first, what, seven weeks, has really just dwindled down in these past couple weeks. And it's really just a different looking Cardinals out there. I'm not really sure what is going on necessarily, but yeah, uh, the Cardinals definitely need this win. Um, definitely more so than LA. I think LA is uh, in a much better position to make the playoffs. I mean, the rest of their schedule is pretty favorable. They got an easy win against the Jets. You know, you'd love to see that. Probably going to win against the Patriots. And then the Seahawks and the Cardinals again, which right. are formidable matchups. But as far as the Rams go, yeah, no. Uh, Arizona definitely needs this win more. I'm going to spin it the other way. I'm, I'm going to make a case that the Rams need it because I think while if you look at it and you say, okay, the worst team is the Cardinals and the best team is the Rams, I, I, I agree with you guys there. But, I mean, you got to come out and play better than what you did against the Niners. You guys, I mean, there's there's no reason that you can't win that game. In the second half, you make that great play on defense. Aaron Donald does his thing, and Troy Hill takes it in. You command the lead. Then all of a sudden, you just blow it. Like, you blow it. I mean, you have the lead, right? Like, the Patriots were pretty much, in my opinion, in control of the Cardinals game throughout. But from the Rams' perspective, I really thought after that play they were going to win the game. I mean, I was like, oh, well, there's no upset there. But in reality, like, I think it's important that the Rams get this because I think the Rams are a team that desperately needs to be home, that desperately needs to be a one or two seed. Now, the thing to clarify here is there's only one team that really gets a bye now because of the playoff reformatting, and that is the number one seed. But I do believe that the Rams need to be playing at home. I think the Rams need to be at home. Now, I think the cart you can make the same case with the Cardinals too, but I don't think the Cardinals are anywhere near uh, a division title or anywhere near that. And the Rams have that opportunity. You could make the argument the Rams are the best team in the NFC West. And I don't think anybody's going to dismiss that. Okay, so I, I personally think the Rams could use it a little bit more to put themselves in that in that driver's seat for a division title and number two spot, but. We'll see. We'll see where this game goes because I'm intrigued by how both of these teams are in a lot of pressure and they're going to have to answer criticism. Uh, They're going to have to defend uh, offenses that haven't been the greatest recently. And, and that's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Now, I think, you know, as we just went those through those two games, I do think that there's another game that really um, that I think is going to drive people bananas because you may not see it as a very high scoring game, but I do think Cleveland and Tennessee is going to be a very fun game. And I really want it to snow. I kind of hope it snows. I just hope that uh, mother nature just lets it snow so that I can see Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry and their offensive lines just mash people. 
I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. So, uh, Hughes, I want your take on this game because I, especially because of your Browns take, the thing with the Browns is I think the Browns, in fact, I, you know, with the circumstances that they're in, it really seems as if, you know, Mayfield is managing the game well. He's been effective. He's not overdoing it. Um, you know, and I'm a fair you know, I critique the crap out of Mayfield. Okay. I'm not afraid to say that. So I, I, I think, you know, there's times where I think Mayfield sucks. Uh, but over the last month or so, uh, I can't say that because he's making the right decisions and he's really playing for the right purposes. Uh, and so I guess, Hughes, how do you look at this game between Cleveland and Tennessee? Is there any chance that Cleveland goes on the road and beats Tennessee? Do you like their chances or do you think Tennessee pulls it off? I, you know, respect to the Browns for putting the season together they have, but right. Right. there's just there's just a major gap here because over the past few weeks, I think Tennessee, and really going back even further than that, sure. I think Tennessee has solidified themselves as probably the third best team in the AFC now. Because if you really look at their schedule and who they've played, okay, so week five, obviously, you know, this is a long time ago at this point, they blow Buffalo out. Yeah, I mean, they killed Buffalo, like killed them, 42-16. That's not a close game at all. Buffalo is supposed to be a contender, you know, apparently. Right. Just killed them. Pittsburgh, they lose by three points. It was there was a back. It was you know it was a close game the whole time sure. really, and as we discussed Pittsburgh earlier, they are undefeated, so that's not a, a loss you really get too upset at. Right. The Colts a few weeks ago on Thursday night they do lose by seventeen, a little fluky. You have a blocked punt return for a touchdown. Right. You know. Right. That second half, the second half was a little fluky. Obviously, a loss is a loss, but. The 17-point gap there doesn't really tell the full story. I, I agree. I agree with that. So, you know, and again, it's a loss. But, of course, we saw last week they turned around and killed the Colts. So, sure. there's that. Baltimore. At Baltimore, Baltimore really was in control of that game. They were in control yeah. of the game for most of the time. Tennessee slowly chipped away. They come back and they win in overtime. So, to me – Tennessee continues to solidify itself as one of these true, you know, contenders in the AFC that we really need to look out for. So you turn to Cleveland last week, they beat the horrendous Jacksonville Jaguars by two points, two points. Yeah. They beat Caleb Lynn's favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles by five points. I love the fact that with, they beat him. No, I don't even care about the deficit. With a superstar quarterback like Carson Wentz, they no, they were they got, able to overcome. No, do that. not mention superstar and Carson Wentz in the same sentence, Hughes. That is that is absurd. I might as well put you on the mute button like Tony Reale does to his panelists on Around the Horn. I might as well. So the week before that, <laughs> they win against Houston with a whopping ten to seven final score. Ten to seven. I mean, what an offensive! What a shootout right there. That oh is. yeah, yeah. The week in the week before that, they they put up six points against the Raiders. So, Ooh. what are we looking at here? I mean, they have yeah. three straight wins. They've won four of their last five, but the other win came against the Bengals. And how much did they win by? Three points. I mean, like, 
you know, you have to – the only impressive win they had was against the Colts back in week five. Yeah. Every every other good team they've played, they played Baltimore, they lost 38-6. to six. They played Pittsburgh, oh. they lost 38-7. to seven. Uh. I mean, this is – their their record is just a factor of schedule. I wow. mean, yeah. They've been they've they're they're better than the worst teams in the league, and again, I don't think they're a terrible team. I I kind of like their offensive identity. They have some defensive talent, but yeah, when it comes to these top tier teams, they're just on a different level. Voss, what do you think? Are you, you with Hughes on on the Browns? Because uh, I, I believe if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, Voss, you, you you're a big. Are you a big Mayfield guy? If I'm not mistaken, are you a Mayfield guy? Originally coming out of college, yeah. Oh, okay, but not in the NFL though. Why is that, Voss? Because he sucks. <laughs> no, I think he's I think he's a product. He's a product of coaching changes, man. It's hard to get hard to get things going. Yeah, dang it, Voss. You're trying to sound like Mel Kiper. All right. No, it's I'm sitting here true. saying Carson Wentz sucks. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're just sitting here like he's a product change. Uh, come on, boss. It's tough. It's tough. For I know. I do. I do. I agree with you. I agree with you that it's tough. I agree with you. I agree with you. But but um, you, he does look good. So go on. Uh, I literally have pretty much everything he's just said written down. Uh, only notable win really is over the Colts. Um, all six of their other wins are losing losing squads. They allowed Glennon to get to get the Jags with the two points. Yeah, yeah. that's that good. I, I do think that their record really is a product of their schedule. That's not to say that the Browns are not a good football team, but on the level of the Tennessee Titans and the way that the Titans are playing, yeah, I, I really I, – I do look forward to this game. I think there's a lot to prove from the Cleveland side of the thing of side, yeah, Cleveland side of things, especially getting blown out by, sure. uh, you know, the two two good teams they played. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one game that I, I mean, I have this written down as hopefully the best game of the best game of the weekend here. It, yeah, yeah, uh, it's what it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Titans, on the other hand. Um, They've really been rolling these last two weeks. I mean, I know their defense hasn't been amazing besides for last week. Um, But I think Tennessee is probably going to run away with this win. And I mean that quite literally uh, behind Derrick Henry. So, Gosh, dang it, Foss. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. God. All right, uh, score predictions, Voss. You can't pun your score predictions. What's your score here? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a close one. I'll say the Browns make it a little bit of a close game. I'll say the uh, I'll go with the Titans twenty eight to twenty four. Okay. Okay. Hughes. I'm gonna go Titans thirty five twenty four. Interesting. I'll go. I think it'll be close. Give me Tennessee 28, Browns 25. I think the offense rediscovers itself because I I like what they're doing. I think Hughes has a very good point on their offensive identity. And that's what intrigues me about this team. 
is because they 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 have convinced Baker Mayfield that he is not a top five quarterback in the National Football League. They have convinced Baker Mayfield that he is not in the top tier. They they have told him, look, you manage the game and do your thing, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. That's exactly what he's done. They have two elite running backs, and I really like what Jarvis Landry did last week, you guys, and I think that's a, a big thing for them moving forward. How can they continue to use him and, and be creative with him? Because Odell's been out of the picture because, you know, his injury and everything. But I think if they can get Jarvis going, that's another big-time piece that can take the Browns to another level offensively. So I'm curious to see if that redeems itself once again. Another game that I wanted to get into as well, it was a Monday nighter, uh, is the Buffalo Bills, as you mentioned, and the San Francisco 49ers. And like I mentioned earlier, the Niners are a team that's sneaking up. Uh, Buffalo is is Buffalo. I mean, right now they are looking very good uh, in terms of playoffs, and, and, and it's setting themselves up quite nicely. Uh, but, Voss, I'd like to hear your perspective uh, on, on this game because the Bills have been up and down really on defense, but they looked very good last week. The Niners to me, I don't know how much credit I can get. I I mean, I think they won, they won, they won, but I think you need to do it again to prove that you're back. So I guess my question Voss is, are they going to win and prove that they're back? No, 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 I don't, I don't think they beat the Buffalo bills this week. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately for them, of course. Yeah, uh, I, I think this is going to be I know they just beat the Rams, but man, I just think sure, that sure. I, I just think that offensively, the Bills are just on a different level uh, than the Rams. I, nah, that's fair. Uh, I, that's, I think I, I they have a lot more firepower uh, in terms of um just I don't I don't really know how to explain it. Yeah, it's mainly yeah, it's more mainly just quarterback here. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I just think that I wouldn't call last week's win a fluke. I think it's a good story, but uh, I, I do think that the Bills take this one home. Uh, not sure what the score will necessarily be. Obviously, I'll leave that to the prediction. But um, yeah, I, I think the Bills run away with this one. Hughes, what are you what are you seeing from this? Because I mean, like you said, you believe Tennessee's the third best team in the AFC. I mean, I, I you know, I'm assuming here, but I, I would have to think Buffalo would be four or five. Uh, and I, they're going on the road. And I think a lot of people, uh, particularly Bryce Shetty, who gives absolutely no respect to the Buffalo Bills whatsoever, uh, believes that they need bigger wins. They need to get more wins. They need to get more wins against, you know, legitimate teams, even though for some reason beating the Rams and beating the Raiders and beating the Seahawks doesn't do it for them. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you this because it's on the road for them. It's on the road for the bills. And I do think that Josh Allen's been playing quite well this year, despite, you know, the fumbling issues and the whole nine yards. So, I mean, do you believe that the Bills are just going to come through and take it right to them against the Niners, or do you think the Niners are going to continue that momentum from last week? You know, I'm kind of stuck in the middle on this one because, you know, Josh Allen, I go back and forth on. I don't think he sucks, 
And I think his numbers. Good, Good for you. Think, I'm happy that you don't think he sucks. I think his numbers are maybe a little bit better than the eye test may show. Um, That's fair. I mean, his accuracy has, has undoubtedly improved this year. And, you know, it probably helps that he just has a better receiving core. You know, when you get a guy yeah. like Steph Diggs, it, yeah. it gets a lot easier to throw the ball, shockingly. Oh. Um, John Brown or Stephon Diggs, pick your choice. <laughs> One minute left in the fourth quarter, you need a catch. <laughs> hey. Hey, shout out to John Brown for having one year as a number one. Like one year. I, uh, you know, I, I uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that he was able to do that. But and uh, you know, also shout out to Cole Beasley for like Cole still Beasley, being yeah. relevant. Yeah, he I is. Mean, what, yeah, a, he is. what a guy. Yeah, he is relevant. What a guy, that guy. A, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know from you know. It, it's it's interesting because you look through their schedule and they've definitely gotten some good wins and they've had a lot of games where they put up big points. I mean, putting up 44 sure. in Seattle, to be fair, not incredibly impressive. Like Seattle has not had a good defense. So it's yeah. it's not like it's, you know, putting it up on Pittsburgh or anything. But sure. I don't know. Like I still – I don't know what exactly their offense is because it seems different every week. Like – there's weeks where Stefan Diggs is like a superstar. And then there's weeks where like last week where he has seven catches for 39 yards. And it's, yeah. you know, you just wonder, like, are you just throwing a bunch of short dig routes here? No pun intended. Yeah. And you just kind of rely on the, on the receiver to, to, to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just heard the disappointment. <laughs> Well, continue, continue, elaborate, please. You know, elaborate. you just make these short passes to your receivers and hope they can do stuff. And to be fair, I think that's the only way the Ram or the Niners have a chance of winning is doing that kind of thing. Because, okay, so it looks like you may get Brandon Ayuk back this week. You have Debo Samuel, who was awesome last week. I mean, those two guys are like yeah. – they're very similar in that you can you just give them the ball and they're going to do crazy stuff with it. Right. It can be a short pass. It can be a long pass. It can be a, like a handoff. Or, you know, it can be – there's a ton of different stuff you can do. And when you – you know, when you have Nick Mullins in there who, you know, he, he's good at running their system, but he's not obviously a high-level quarterback, you're going to want the ball out of his hands as much as possible, put it in your playmaker's hands have a very good running back group as well. It doesn't matter who's starting, whether it's Mostert or McKinnon or whoever else. Like yeah. they always get they always get production from that position. So and it seems like Mostert is the guy now that he's healthy. But yeah. Yeah. But either way, I mean they're gonna get production out of that position. So it's it's interesting to me because Buffalo has had some soft spots on defense. Sure. So you know, I don't. I don't think I'm going to say the Bills are going to run away with it. I think I would give them the edge just because I trust them more. And I mean, the, yeah. the 49ers have just had a tough year. Like they've had an insane amount of injuries, um, and an insane amount of injuries to important players. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has had two injuries already. Like that is not yeah. common. And yeah. and I mean, they're playing in a different state. Like they're playing in Arizona now. That's their new home field turf is Arizona. So there's a lot going on for them. But again, like I I think they do have some dynamic playmakers on offense and I think they could, 
they could keep it somewhat close, but I, I will give the edge to the Bills. Lots of crap. I beat them twice in Smash Bros. I mean, because honestly, I, I think that's the key. Um, because, I mean, when you, when we can get, you know, in general from the Niners, this type of offense, explosiveness, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, because they're going to come back and they're looking better. Uh, Ayuk, I think, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the COVID-19 thing, he could possibly be back. Debo is obviously looking back. He made a huge impact last week. You have to think that he is going to come in and make a huge difference for the Niners. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're a fantasy owner and you're buying for somebody in the long term, uh, even though Voss, it may not matter for you because you're not going to blast. But uh, if you if you want a, some long term help, uh, Debo Samuel is a is a potential option. But because because he's going to get a lot more opportunity, a lot more volume, and and the Niners like him and they think he's a number one, number two type of guy. The defense, meanwhile, uh, you know what they're going to be, right? They're going to come in and they got a front seven, uh, and that's that's still very good despite a lot of people being hurt. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, man. I mean, I mean, you know, I get it. The Colts got DeForest Buckner, but Javon Kinlaw is a bad, bad man. Kinlaw is a bad, bad man for many, many reasons. And I'm just, I'm just going to put it on the, I I just, I think there's a lot, you know, so, so I I don't know. That could be a very good game and in an interesting challenge uh, without a doubt. So, uh, but, but moving forward uh, and and a potentially another, Another interesting game heading into next week is I, I honestly think that Washington is a team to really keep an eye on, especially with the way they played at Thanksgiving. You guys, they lit up Dallas. So Voss, is this a, is this something that you know? Can the Washington football team win the division in the NFC East? I guess that's my question. Can they win the division? To, I was about to say, am I crazy to think that the Washington football team is the best team in this division now? I don't think that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if you are because I think they've got the most pop offensively out of any team in that division. Which is really weird. Think, yeah. Yeah. Which and that really defense weird. is explosive. It really is. Um, now, that's not to say that they win this game, but I really do think they could. They have the potential to make it interesting. And even though he's thrown quite a quite a good amount of uh interceptions but it was just in that mainly in the first game he started uh Alex Smith has actually looked good he you know he's he's been yeah, out ca- for, uh, for so long nah. he's been out for so long nah. and he comes in and he <laughs> he tosses for over 300 yards twice and I'm of not course saying it you, was, of course you go for the for the narrative false not say no no I'm not going for the narrative I still uh, I'm still on the freaking uh Dwayne nah, and Dwayne Haskins train. Okay. All right. All right. Good, good, good. I'm just good. saying sure. for what is yeah. being asked of him, Alex Smith has done quite the job here. And yeah, uh, I, I do think that this is, this could be an interesting game. Uh, Gibson has looked great running the ball. Uh, McKissick is a great number two uh, to, to compliment him, especially in the passing game. And McLaurin has really been looking great uh, these past couple of weeks. So yeah, he has. I, I do think that this has some potential. I still think the Steelers will likely win this, but I do think there is some slight potential for Washington to make this a game. 
I mean, look, I think it's a joke that Dwayne Haskins isn't their quarterback. I think he'd give them so much more explosiveness because all Alex Smith seems to do is turn the ball over, just like my favorite quarterback ever in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz loves to turn the ball over, and that's a, a, a hobby with, with him and Alex Smith that they are both liking to do right now. Alex Smith, in his last five starts that he's been with Washington, he has had three picks against the Giants in week nine. Ridiculous. Week 11, what does he do? He throws an interception. Last week, he throws an interception. He played in week five, but if I'm not mistaken, he just came in for Kyle Allen that game. That was the game he came in for Kyle Allen. So he is a guaranteed interception. And y'all know how I feel about quarterbacks who throw interceptions. Oh, you guys know how I feel. On. You were talking you know about game manager Smith. We, uh, what's game managing about Alex Smith right now? I'm just asking for a friend. We're talking about game managing Smith, man. Oh, I, I, maybe five years ago. Five years ago, it's only been maybe, like three maybe, years. Maybe, th- maybe three years ago, boss. Maybe three years ago, but he, he ain't that right now, Chief. Look, he ain't that right now. His Four main, starts, five. His pick. main turnover turtle total came from one game. Four starts, five picks, boss. I'm not saying that he's a great quarterback, but I'm just you saying. You said he's a game manager. Game manager's Oh, yeah. Picks. Obviously, he's a great. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a game a, manager. He, he, and he throws picks. You can't be a game manager and throw yes, picks, boss. Come on now. Come on, boss. Boss, Yo, get to it. Cra- Dude, he has not been on the field. <sighs> he's got to get used to this team, man. Okay, look, I'm not denying that. I understand that. All I'm right, not but, going for the storyline here. It's legitimately he was thrown in in the middle of the season, coming in as a third boss, string quarterback. You, do, you have the tendency to fall for the narrative. I'm now, not if falling you're for if, the narrative, but if you're not falling for the narrative, I respect it. I respect it. You have the. I respect it. I respect it. I'll just leave it at that because I'll tell you, it's not going to be Alex Smith that I think leads them to a division title, boss. I think that's Antonio Gibson who proved last week that it's about freaking time that Peyton Barber sit his rear end hole on the bench and Gibson get 20 plus carries and, and, and actually do what everybody thought he could do, which is be a full down three down back and become one of the top. The, he was amazing last week. He was, he was unbelievable. I mean, if Antonio Gibson continues to play like this, Washington may have found their franchise player offensively in terms of their game plan and how they can structure their team. Because if you can get Gibson going, that's going to make McLaurin have a way easier life. Yeah. And you know, they're going to need, they're going to really need a solid running game. And like, I mean, we're talking about a Pittsburgh game here, obviously they're not going to win the game, but um, you know, moving forward for this team. And and it, it, it is funny because as a four and seven team, we shouldn't be talking about them in, in contention for the freaking division, but here we are. So yeah. at this point, like you can't just, you know, when you're a bad team, you can say, well, okay, at least we have this to look forward to next season. We're, we have this bright spot, this bright spot, that bright spot, but like they are legitimately, you could argue in the driver's seat here for the division, especially with Daniel Jones's injury for the giants. And again, the fact that the Giants are on a win streak right now is it still baffles me. But um, I mean, it, it's it's I don't know interesting. How doing it. It's interesting because yeah. I mean, obviously they should have been playing him more this whole time. But yeah, you know, 
better late than never. So it's good they finally got him out there. Two really good games in a row here. And my concern with, with Washington is is the passing game because, I mean, you know Terry McLaurin's going to show out. And it's not as much about the quarterback as it is the receiving core. I mean, J.D. McKissick is basically their second receiver at this point. And after that, it's just piecing a bunch of scraps together. I mean, you got the Sims brothers here, Cam Sims and Steven Sims Jr. I mean, really? Logan Thomas, a converted quarterback. I mean, Six years. You obviously know what the type of tight end he is. He's a, he's a tight end that sits on the freaking bench. That's what he does. Sits on the bench. Voss, you could pick him up as your fantasy tight end when your team doesn't make the playoffs, you son of a gun. What was that for? That was so no, host- you, hostile. You, 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 no, you, you came at me after having only eight men, and I came out and, and, and took you. That's why I did that. That's why I did that. I was waiting for my moment, and I got it, Voss. Okay. I got it. And here's the thing. And, and here's, here's the thing. With 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 the with the Washington football team, they have no skill positions. All right, they have no they have, they have nothing outside of McLaurin. They, they're going to have nothing outside of McLaurin until they fix it through the draft. So it's really about: Do you believe in their defensive line, which they've put a lot of value in, and do you believe in their coaching? And I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. I really do think he's got some leadership uh, skills that are um, just extremely valuable. Which I mean, Voss, you you know, I've talked about it before. Uh, with Rivera's leadership and and the type of guy that he is. And and I think you're seeing that in Washington, and I think that's a good thing for them moving forward. Now, real quick here, you guys, I do want to talk about one game. That's on the 3 o'clock slot. Oh, God damn it. It's in the 4 – it's not on the 3 o'clock. It's on the 4 o'clock. It's on the 4.30 uh, slot. Brace your it's ears. It's on the 4.30 slot. It's – I – shockingly – Here's the thing. The game that I want to talk about is the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, get out of here. That's what I want to talk about. Uh-huh. That's what I want to talk about, boss. I didn't mention the game you think I was going to mention. I know you're, you're baiting it no, that way. No, you're I was not. No, I, well, maybe I was. Maybe I was. But I, in all seriousness, I, do, I am curious about this game. And I, I want to explain a little bit on why I am. So I think the Giants have been really good this year because of their defense. I think they have the most consistent and reliable unit in terms of their defense compared to any other unit for any other team in the division in the NFC East. And the Seahawks are going to put up points, right? And DK Metcalf, you know, I don't know what Jim Schwartz is thinking, but you got to be freaking crazy to sit up there and say to him before the game, uh, I mean, anything that could make it seem like him saying you're not good, which is, in my opinion, what Jim Schwartz basically said. He said you're not Megatron, but in a way, like, if I'm DK Metcalf, I'm just taking that as, oh, well, I guess you just don't think I'm good. Well, okay, I'll show you why I'm good. So I guarantee you that'll continue through the rest of the season. So, boss, uh, I shockingly didn't pick the game that you expected me to pick. So I want you to take this away first. See, do you think that the Giants defense is going to continue their streak of, of really solid play? Or do you think that Seattle's just going to keep, you know, doing their thing, which is put up points and and just run teams out of the building with Russell Wilson? Right. Well, it's not so much the defense that I, I really concern about here uh, with this game. It's so much as the offense tiring out the defense. Uh, okay. 
Daniel Jones obviously is was at least the starting quarterback. Running with your backup, who is not particularly good, um, getting your offense off the field early, which it already like was, which it, it already was. I like, I like McCoy though. I like him. Okay, all right, you're falling for the narrative there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In reality, though, um, uh, yeah, no, it's just so much as the the uh, defense getting tired out by the offense, which has really been the case most of the season for the Giants. Uh, that's you know, it's not to say that they can't compete in this game, but I do that's think fair. that Seattle is just a little bit too much for them uh, offensively. And, you know, by the second half, if your def- if your offense has been, you know, been outed quite a lot which could be the case here. Um, I mean, I guess I'm forgetting the fact that the Seahawks have the worst defense uh, potentially ever if they continue on this pace. Yeah. So uh, I guess I didn't think about that, but uh, I still think Seattle's just got a little bit too much for the Giants. Hughes, do you have any uh, pushback there, or do you think it's going to be Seattle all the way here? Well, I have a couple things to say. First of all, oh no, Colt McCoy. I mean, come on. Oh, Eisman, Eisman, Colt McCoy. Yeah. Hey, he's a great backup. Shout out to him for being a great backup. But you know, backups are supposed to stay backups. Is he really a great backup at all, sir? I had very high hopes for him in Washington before he blew out his leg. You know, I know, I know. Yeah, he he had some moments in Washington where it seemed like he could be, he 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 almost had his own little Kirk Cousins run where he over overthrew the the shining star quarterback, but it, it didn't really work out that way. But I, the main thing I want to talk about is just this running back group. Okay, Wayne Gallman, right? Alfred Morris, Dion Lewis. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought Alfred some, Morris would get back in the league? That's yeah. Who would have thought that Alfred Morris would play for every NFC East team except the Eagles thus far? I mean, right. <laughs> what he he knows his place, like he knows where he belongs. So, oh yeah, he does. So yeah, good for him there. Yeah. And Dion Lewis, you know, I'm I'm just sad that he uh, he got his rings and and it hasn't really worked out anywhere else. But um, he's still cashing checks. But I mean. I think this is Russell Wilson's game where he's like, you know what? We had a good we had good time last week, you know, beating the Eagles, but this game I'm really going to rip it. This one touchdown thing, that's not fun. We're going no. for five touchdowns this game. Ooh. I don't care how good the Giants defense has been lately. We're we're showing them who's boss. We got Tyler Lockett wow. in that Okay. One of the best wide receiver groups in the league. Yeah, we're pouring it on here. So give me a score, Hughes. What you got? Ooh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 41 to 20. Woo! Not even close, boss. What's your thoughts? Do you agree with that? I'll, I'll go. I'll go 38 21. 38 21. Yep, Seattle. I'll go I'll go something very similar. I'll go 35 uh, to 20. How about that? I think McCoy does something all right. Maybe the defense makes a couple plays and sets themselves up for shock. So 
Uh, you guys should both be lucky that you don't have to discuss the game that I really wanted to discuss. Uh, but for that reason alone, uh, this was a uh, this is a great insanity and uh, plenty of content for you. Uh, you know, we just released a college basketball episode. Uh, check that out. I'll be bringing on guests uh, for that, uh, whether that's just writers, whether that's uh, people on the network. Uh, just continue to look through that. Uh, we also have uh, the Lynn Sanity that just dropped on, uh, you know, from the Monday, uh, from the Monday night game. Uh, we basically talked about everything about the week. Check that out. Triple option. Uh, looking to, you know, get some podcasts going. Alex and Dylan, if I'm not mistaken, took the week off, uh, but it's all right. Uh, they have plenty of content stacked up for you with NBA draft, recapping and all that stuff. And there's so much to pack in. Uh, so there's plenty that they have available. And uh, once again, you know, the Running Hook Podcast Network's got everything you want. I mean, when else would, where else would you really want to go? I guess that's my, my question. So once again, uh, Dylan Hughes and Devin Voss, thank you for coming on the Linsanity Podcast. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no problem. Uh, shout out to our uh, Australia listener, uh, whoever you are. Anonymously. Oh, yeah. 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 Shout out to the Australia listener.